Welcome back to the Uncharted Podcast. We have a special edition episode this time. We just completed the second annual Uncharted Summit. We had over 600 of the world's best founders, funders, creatives, celebrities, and beyond in Southampton for a full day affair. And while I was on stage emceeing and moderating the event, our producer, Brendan, took it upon himself to interview a number of the Uncharted members about what's happening in their world. So in this episode, you're going to hear some excerpts live from the Uncharted Summit of Brendan interviewing some incredible entrepreneurs and investors about what keeps them up at night and beyond. So we hope you enjoy. Thank you for being a part of the Uncharted community and uh, enjoy this one. Thanks so much for being here. If you could quickly just introduce yourself, who you, your name, what you do currently, um, and just, yeah, take it from there. Uh, I'm Jeff Lewis, uh, attending Uncharted for the for the second time. Looking forward to many more times. Uh, I'm director of capital formation at uh, Pantera Capital Management, the sort of OG of the crypto space, having uh, been the firm that launched the first cryptocurrency fund in the U.S. 10 years ago in 2013. Uh, and I also am the founder and CEO of the American Flag Football League, the first uh, professional flag football organization in the world. Fantastic. So... Can you tell me a little bit about what the most unique challenge you're facing currently? Yeah, I mean, um, it's interesting being in a, in, a, in a place with all of these um, entrepreneurs. And, and, and before the program started, one of the people I was sitting with said, you know, there have to be a lot of sort of like con men in a place like this. You think about it, there's so much money here. And I said, you know, here's the funny thing. In a lot of ways, everyone who's uh, an entrepreneur is in a confidence game. As long as you can kind of keep the investors confident that you're going to succeed, most people, given enough money and enough time, even though they'll make a few mistakes, will eventually figure it out, right? And the, it's always that race between overcoming your mistakes quickly enough and before you run out of money. And um, that's really kind of the, the interesting thing is like, you know, you see like there was a lot, you know, the room was so engaged when we had the AI conversation, right? Because that's the thing right now that if you're a VC and you go to your investors and say, I just did these AI deals, well, they're going to be like, well, that's great. He's going where he's supposed to go, right? So it's so easy for people to do the thing that everyone else is doing where there's safety, where like it's what's expected, and what's always so difficult is to get the confidence of people when you're trying to do something that's not expected, when you're trying to do something that really is about how the future looks different from the present. And sometimes you're a little early in seeing those things. And many folks who've preceded me, you know, have failed and struggled because they were early. And I think, you know, we've struggled with that. So, you know, it's kind of being early and trying to maintain people's confidence in that vision that we have. Um, that's the, that's the challenge. Can you talk to me a little bit about somebody who's had the biggest impact in your career and any lessons that they taught you along the way? Sure. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I started out working at a firm, uh, Drexel Burnham. It doesn't exist anymore. When you get to be my age, most of the places you've worked don't exist. Um, and the, the guy who ran my first, uh, my first, uh, segment, uh, my first trading desk, um, managed to hold the business together at a time when the firm was under attack. Rudy Giuliani was basically using uh, RICO, uh, you know, anti-racketeering statutes that were intended for the Gambinos uh, to put a financial firm out of business. And somehow, though, under all that stress, uh, the whole department, the whole group held together. 
Um, and I always used to say to people that, you know, the, that our boss was so, um, was so effective and, and such a great leader that a bunch of people would have followed him to the end of the earth and did. Because <laughs> effectively we went over a cliff together, um, most of the group. So um, I always recall that what we all felt was um, that we were kind of free to do our thing um, and that inside the tent we might get criticized, but that when it was about our group and the outside world, he always had our backs. Always. And that's what we all, that's why everybody felt such loyalty. And it was this incredibly open and transparent inside the ropes, but to the outside world, it was, these are my people and I'm going to, and I'm going to be there for them. So he was a very inspiring and, and powerful leader. Obviously, Uncharted, one of the biggest pillars of this entire event is the community that comes out of these events, the people you meet who are in the same industry. Can you tell me a little bit about what does community mean to you? Sure. So, um, you know, we obviously had a, we had this amazing panel today with, uh, with Dan Doktroff, um, uh, who has uh, unfortunately had this, uh, you know, diagnosis uh, of having ALS, which at present, uh, despite his best efforts, is still... Uh, a fatal uh, diagnosis. And he talked about what getting a diagnosis like that does um, in terms of how it focuses your mind and changes your perspective. And he said he realized the two most important things uh, were in life were relationships and, and having a sense of purpose. Um, and so if you look at all of this, I think what you see with everybody is um, there is always this understanding that everybody has this kind of common um, journey. Uh, people are in vastly different businesses, come from vastly different backgrounds. But um, there is something that is so powerful about sort of being understood. And when, um, when, when people talk to each other, uh, to other entrepreneurs who have had similar challenges and gone down similar roads, it somehow makes managing what you're trying to do um, you know, a lot easier um, to know that other people have sort of gotten through it and, and that you can get through it, I think, as well. So it's a very powerful community that's being built here. Um, and I think that more than money, more than, you know, deals and connections for commerce, I think it's the sort of psychological support that feeling like you're part of a group where other people understand and you can help them understand what you've, you know, sharing what you've been through. Um, that's really powerful stuff, and that's hard to come by. Fantastic. I would love to just talk quickly about, obviously, starting a new league of any sport has its trials and tribulations. Um, there's no set formula of how you do it correctly. <laughs> um, obviously, growing it also has to have its challenges as well. How are you kind of pivoting into making this grow into what you want, you see it to be? Well, if you look at the playbook of, um, of startups, right? Most of the time, most of the time, the person who's able to um, scale something is different from the person who births it. Um, and I've been looking for quite some time for a person to sort of um, go from the proselytizing, conceptualizing the vision part 
to the humdrum, you know, business, selling tickets and T-shirts and hot dogs. Um, and, you know, the fact is, is that selling tickets to the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field and selling tickets to one of our games is really kind of the same process. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a hell of a lot easier to sell Cubs tickets than it is to sell ours. So um, to find the team members who um, kind of have the grit to, to go through something that's much more challenging than – and most of the people that are in our industry, that are in the sports industry, are kind of working – they're processors more than creators. And this is a, this is a common sort of sales issue. Um, you know, that if you're at a firm where there's a tremendous amount of momentum and there's a lot of business and the phone rings every day and the website has incoming every day, then processing the business effectively is important. But sometimes when you're trying to create, the phone's not ringing, there are no pings on the website, you know, what are you going to do? And it's a very different job to sort of manage something that has its own momentum versus creating the momentum. Uh, so it's hard to find people that could both process it if the phone was ringing, but also get it to ring. And I think I've started to build a team now that can do that. And so, uh, for, you know, we just hired a new president a couple of months ago, who is a guy who's a lawyer, uh, Brian Cooper. Um, but at the same time, he ran a G League team, he ran an XFL team, and he's been through this process of where are we going to play, what are we going to pay for the insurance? How are we going to sell the tickets? How are we going to basically, back to your whole community question, how are we going to connect to the community so that they care about what we're doing? You know, you can look at um, you can look at the fictional show of like Ted Lasso or the real life story of Wrexham. And these are sort of, you know, minor league teams that are not really of great significance to the world. Yet you can see the passion and the connection that the communities had for those teams. Um, and so in a new team, that's a big part of the challenge is to create that feeling. And because Brian has been there and done that before, I'm, I'm confident that he can sort of help us get to that next level. Amazing. My last question, when it comes to these events, you're meeting lots of people you're shaking lots of hands that you can come across somebody who's super interesting. How do you follow, like what's your next steps out of after an event like this to actually maintain, make a relationship versus just a passing by familiar face? Yeah. Well, I love the genius thing of having your, um, the QR code with your LinkedIn on it. Um, it's funny that nobody has really solved, uh, the digital identity. I think crypto is going to solve the digital identity problem. Uh, you know, I, on a grand scale, but on a sort of micro scale, it's still kind of weird, right? That you still walk around an event like this and nobody knows whether they're supposed to hand out a card or send you a text or blah, blah, you know? So I like this idea of sort of uh, just like one click getting somebody's LinkedIn and then, and then making the connection. Look, it's, it's, you know, it's all about, it's all about the process of uh, being mindful and following up. Um, you know, I, I met a young entrepreneur. I was out at the Milken Conference uh, a couple of months ago, and I met a young guy who's got a new business. And um, what I've been so impressed about him, I've talked to him about his business a little bit and trying to help him. But what I'm so impressed about is his unbelievable focus and understanding of, of following up and the way you follow up and how often you follow up. Like, it's, it doesn't happen by itself. You have to be organized. Um, you have to sort of, you know, relationships, uh, whether they're personal or business relationships, don't, uh, don't do well without care. So, um, you know, you have to be very mindful and, and conscious and, um, 
and aware that you're going to follow up and make that effort. Um, but I think what you have in an environment like this, if you're lucky enough to be in an environment like this, is people that are open so that when you do reach out to them, it's like, oh, here comes so-and-so. You have a little bit, you're a little bit over the wall now. And so, you know, you should, that makes it sort of a, a double sin, really, if you don't follow up, because you're sort of really leaving an opportunity behind. Fantastic. What's the best follow-up you've ever received? That's a great question. Um, you know, there was a person actually who sent me, um, who sent me a little video and um, it just was so outrageous uh, that it just grabbed my attention. It made me sort of get back to the person. And it was a person I probably wouldn't have gotten back to. Um, you know, that's one of the things, especially if you don't really, you know, I, I've, I've noticed that, um, you know, you look at something like, like um, LinkedIn, which was, I mean, first of all, what an amazing company. When it started, it was the worst thing on earth. Basically, if somebody sent you a LinkedIn, you knew they'd gotten fired. So it was like, I don't want to hear from this person. And somehow it went from being kind of associated with the stench of failure to being this incredibly effective networking tool. And now in a way, it's almost like got a new challenge because now it's too big. Um, I'm sort of endlessly, like so many people are, inundated with messages from people. And, you know, most of them, frankly, it's funny. Like it's very hard, right? Because most of them get like a half a read and get you know, you just move on. Like it's, it's a huge, huge, huge challenge. Um, you know, especially when you're sort of unsolicited, um, trying to reach out to somebody. So you got to be a little outside the box sometimes and think about, you know, I, I thought the fact that a, like the person sent me a video of them talking, right. That already got my attention. I was like, wait a minute, that's weird. And so I at least was willing to listen to what they said. Um, and so you got to be willing to be different and, and also understand, like, you know, not always <laughs> it's not always going to work. And it also, I think the hardest thing for a lot of younger people to understand, it takes a while to learn, is that when people ignore you, it has nothing to do with you. Like, uh, most people are spending all their time worrying about themselves. And they're busy with their own life's problems. And, you know, they may not have considered what you suggested to them at all or they might have forgotten about it or whatever but the fact that like you thought they liked it and then they didn't get back to you it you just can't read anything into it you can't personalize it and you can't certainly be discouraged because almost all the time when when somebody sort of loses the thread with you it's not about you it's about what their priorities are what they're working on what they're worried about and um so it's you know don't be discouraged by it and just keep keep rolling Fantastic. As we come to a close here, is there anything you want to promote, let people know about, anything they should be following? Sure. So um, the, 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 the greatest compendium of information about uh, the digital asset market is Pantera Capital's website, PanteraCapital.com. And uh, if you're uh, interested in seeing some of the best athletes in the world play the fastest game in the world, uh, we are at Flag Football on uh, social media. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Hey, 
I just wanted to take a quick second to thank you all for listening and being a part of the Uncharted community. We have been super grateful and thankful for the response thus far, and we want to hear more from you. If you are listening and haven't subscribed yet, it would mean the world. If you want to reach us, find us online at joinuncharted.com or find me at Twitter at Noah S. Friedman. Please feel empowered to reach out, share what you're hearing, tell us what you want to hear more of, less of, and beyond. We're going to keep growing this Uncharted community, and we are super thankful to have you be a part of it. So tell us what you think. We want to hear from you, and uh, thanks for being a part of the ride.